We got a big update on Matthew Stafford. Should the Rams continue to start Stafford for the rest of the season and winners and losers from week nine? That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. You are locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? And welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your Los Angeles Rams, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube. So if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Rams YouTube channel. Getting so close to 10,000 subscribers. So do us a huge favor. Join the party. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button and let us know. What do you think the plan should be for Matthew Stafford moving forward? My name is Doug McKay. My friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade. SI, Dodgers Nation, 24-7 sports. Now the Rams for Locked On. And as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio station, ESPN 710 LA. He's in his eighth season covering your Los Angeles Rams. The people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him on X at Travis Rogers. And on today's show, what does the future hold for Matthew Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams? Should they continue to play him for the remainder of this season? What does that entail? Also, we got horns up, horns down, winners and losers from week now you want to miss that but first this episode of locked on rams brought to you by FanDuel sportsbook official sportsbook of locked on rams make every moment more right now new customers can bet five dollars and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed visit fanduelcom slash locked on to get started now travis i'm gonna dive right into this one talk about the state of the quarterback position for the rams of course brett ripon last Week just did not perform well, did not look like an NFL quarterback, Ooh. but it does feel like we have a positive update. And Sean McVay spoke to reporters yesterday, was asked about Ripon, if they're going to explore some options as far as the back opposition. He said, the good thing is that the inclination and the direction that we're headed, I don't think that's going to be a part of the conversation. Feel really good about Matthew and how much he's attacked, doing everything in his power to be back and lead the way for this team. So it does feel like they expect to have Stafford back after the bye. Is that the best decision for this team? That, I think, is a interesting debate moving forward. But it does feel like he's going to be back under center after Week 10 when they take on the Seahawks at home. Yeah, you know, and it's it's one of those things that, that that's good. You know, you, you want to try to win games. This is professional sports, and you want to try to win as many of these games as you can. And I guess if there's still a mathematical possibility, you throw your best team out there and hope to find a way to, you know, surprise some people down the last half of the season and find a way to win some games that maybe nobody thinks that you've got a chance to win. I I, I respect it, and I get it, and I expect that's what the Rams will do, right? That if Matthew Stafford is good to go, they're going to play him until there's no, literally no reason to play him, that they're not going to make the playoffs, you know, mathematically, that it's officially done like that. Uh, that's what I expect them to do. Whether or not that's the right thing to do, uh, the, you know, the the best long term thing to do. I think that it depends on perspective, right? If you're if the perspective is just win as many games as you can every season and, and, and try to take your best shot every single year, then yeah, great, go for it. 
But if your idea is to try to win championships, if your idea is to, even if it means taking a very long-term approach over the course of a couple of seasons, I don't know if winning an extra game or two here down the stretch is necessarily a good idea. I think it's probably not. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. Where I stand on this whole Matthew Stafford, what they should do for, for the remainder of the season is as long as they're mathematically, like we talked about the dumb and dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. As long <laughs> right. as there's a chance and he's not going to further risk injury, I think you owe it to yourself and the fan base to go out there and your team and the culture and the morale to have them under center. Right now, they're three and six, a 10% chance of making the playoffs. They need to go six and two in their final eight games. They still have games against the Seahawks, Browns, Ravens, Saints, and 49ers. If the season were to end today, Travis, all five of those teams would be playoff teams. So you would need to win two of those five games. Of course, they beat the Seahawks in the basically feels like a mirage game early yeah. on in the season, feels like 10 years ago, right? So they win that game, got the Browns at home. That's possible. But then you would need to sweep the Cardinals, Commanders, and Giants. And three and five this season with Stafford, really need to go six and two in the last eight games. Will they go 6-2 and two with him back? That's kind of the big question. Only one team in NFL playoff history has started 3-7 and seven and made the playoffs. The 2020 Commanders, they made at 7-9. and nine. That was a dumpster fire of a division right. that year. So, to me, yes, you should still continue to start him. If I was running the organization, and I'm with you too, I'm all about those Lombardi trophies, I don't know if playing him gets you closer to that. I, I don't. Again, I, I'll go back to this. As as Sunday was against the Packers, as ugly as that looked, and it was, it isn't just a quarterback problem. Brett Rippon was terrible, and and I don't expect him to be much better going forward. And with him, you have as close to a 0% chance of winning a game as you might. That being said, you could play Stafford and still get to where you need to go. Like you just said a second ago, DMAC, this was a team that was three and five with Matthew Stafford. This is a team that has beaten Indianapolis by this much, you know, just by a hair, by a coin flip, basically, beat Arizona. And like you called it, and I love it, the Mirage game against Seattle in week one. They didn't really beat anybody. So, you know, you could you could accomplish both goals at the same time. You could play Matthew Stafford, not worry about getting him hurt, worry about getting good reps with the guys that you're worried about getting good reps with. We're talking about offensive linemen. We're talking about Puka. We're talking about Cooper Cup with the right quarterback and still ultimately reach what may be kind of the unspoken goal, which is let's pick as high as we possibly can. They're not mutually exclusive. Now, to your point, you might steal one against uh, New Orleans. You might steal one against the Commanders if Matthew Stafford is there because he's good enough to do exactly that. But I don't think that just because he plays doesn't mean that you can't get where you want to go. That's the thing, right? I mean, you, if you look at reasons to start Stafford, right? One, Cup, Nakua, and Tutu Atwell. If he's not starting, they're just out there doing cardio, right? Yeah. You want them to get opportunities, make some catches. It proves they're not tanking. It proves that they, not when I say tanking, it proves they're doing everything they can to win at this stage, right? No one's losing on games on purpose. We're done with that yeah. conversation. But why sit Stafford, though? I think it's an interesting conversation that I guarantee they're probably kind of weighing the pros and cons as far as moving forward, especially if you lose that game to the Seahawks. Because if you sit Stafford and Rippins your backup quarterback, I'm telling you right now, they're not winning another game this season. I'm just telling you, just putting that out there right now. Brett Rippin, no offense to the guy, right? I mean, he's definitely a success story. I mean, I wish I could be an NFL quarterback too, and I could have probably played against the Packers as well, put up similar <laughs> numbers, right? But yeah, I mean, for me, Matthew Stafford, there is no adequate backup, right? And even if it's the thumb, I still believe the hip is an issue. I think the offensive line has been atrocious. 
is just one hit away from really hurting himself for the following season when you make a, another run with this core. And you got a quarterback out there. It's basically you're driving a car with a check engine light on, right? And you don't have another car. You have like a used pair of rollerblades, right? You don't really have another thing to go to at this point. So that's kind of what I fear in this situation is risking further damage when you still have the cap space next year. You still have these pieces that have developed to make one more run with AD, Cup, and Stafford. If you play him and he gets injured, that can really set things back. So I, I think there's a couple of things going on here. Number one, I can't rollerblade, so I hope there's a unicycle or something in there that I can get on because that's that's not happening. Um, this is so similar to last year that it, it almost sneaks up on you because it feels like we've been here before. Uh, the offensive line started to break last year. Now, it broke a lot earlier than it did this year, but this has happened as well, right? That you have Rob Havenstein missing the last two games. Matthew Stafford gets hurt, misses time, may or may not come back. Maybe he comes back and then goes right back down again, and they shut him down for the season. The Rams were 3-3 three and three a year ago, then went on a six-game losing streak. The Rams are 3-3 three and three right now, or were 3-3 three and three this season, currently on a three-game losing streak. So this may happen again no matter what you do. Um, I do think that there's something to be said for playing Matthew Stafford that has nothing to do with whether you steal a win here or there, whether you you know, you know move maybe in the wrong direction in the draft and instead of picking, I'm just making it up here, from fourth to eighth. You don't want to build bad culture, right? And, and I think one of the things that the Rams have done a remarkable job with, and I give Sean McVay the lion's share of the credit for this, is when the Rams came back to Los Angeles in 2016, the culture was bad. And it was a Jeff Fisher culture. It was a culture where mediocrity was tolerated. It was a culture where being eight and eight or seven and nine, we all remember the famous, you know, we're not going to do any more of this seven and nine BS that he said on hard knocks. Well, they didn't. They went four and 12. Uh, <laughs> but it, it was it was just kind of, yeah, well, the Rams just kind of are the Rams. And then McVeigh came in and instantly changed the culture to where the standard is the standard. It's we, not me. It's be at your best when your best is required. And all of the things that he brought, which are kind of slogany and McVeigh-y, but they worked. And, and, and it brought a winning culture, a certain expectation. And I don't think you want to give up on that. I don't think you want to let that slip through your fingers because it's very hard to find. They do have it. McVeigh insists on it. And I think that as long as you can compete, continue to compete, because like I've said a hundred times, I am a broken record. The everydayers know what I'm going to say right now before I say it. This was very likely the plan all along, even with Matthew Stafford. And when Stafford comes back, the plan can still come together. I'm still trying to visualize Travis Rogers on a unicycle. So I'm trying to <laughs> lost my train of thought, but no, I mean, look, I agree with you hundred percent. As long as there's any mathematic chance, Matthew Stafford is under center. I think also we see the, this team, even the Eagles, even the 49ers, the Steelers, this team was competitive is essentially every game leading up to that Cowboys game. You get yep. the bye week, you get healthy, you find a way to beat a team you already beat. Then maybe you find a way to just galvanize the group and try to make a run at, but we're going to pick up this conversation on Matthew Stafford here in the second segment to talk about his future with this franchise. And we got winners and losers coming up here on locked on Rams. My future, D-Mac, as a prize picks player is winning. I'm hot all of a sudden. I won on Sunday Night Football because here's what I'm doing. I put the prize picks app on my phone. I'm picking two players, right? On Sunday night, I took the over on Joe Burrow, or excuse me, the more on Joe Burrow. I took less on Josh Allen, and they hit. 
and I start winning money. That's what's so fun about prize picks. It's the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times the money you can this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and you place your entry, and you are off and running. Prize picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if your player gets injured, right? So for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second half, think a certain uh, NBA star here in Los Angeles, then that player is rebooted. Prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports flat platform with injury insurance policy so you can feel good about it, right? And with basketball season here, you can pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues like LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo of three pointers made plus receptions. Who doesn't want to get in on that? Put that prize picks app on your phone, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to 100 bucks. You're going to have fun. I promise prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. And we are off running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And also want to send a special shout-out to our every listeners. We appreciate you watching every episode, listening to every episode. Win or lose, you're rocking with your Los Angeles Rams. We appreciate that. You can join the Everyday Listeners Club, too. Membership is 100% free. You won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. Now, Travis, here in our second segment, we got some winners and losers, horns up, horns down. And we're going to start with the winners. And I think this might surprise you a little bit. My first winner is Brett Rippin. Now, don't call me crazy. I got crazy. Brett Rippin as a winner because he gives hope to guys like me, guys that <laughs> don't have a chance of playing the NFL. When you look at the talent level of a Brett Rippin, he is starting an NFL game after being a practice squad player, started three games for the Broncos. Yes, he was atrocious. Yes, he was awful. 13 for 20, 130 yards. 27 of those, 130, came in garbage time. But, yeah, I have him as a winner just because I feel like he's overachieved and maxed out as a player. Yeah, I get it. You gotta you gotta get creative here to find some winners in that game on Sunday because there there really wasn't one. I I, I guess if, if I gotta throw one in there, I get. It. I, I like that your aspiration that your aspiration of being an NFL quarterback is still in there, DMac. I'm very excited for you. You know who who knows? Maybe maybe the XFL is a good jump off point for you. The Arena League or something like that. Uh, maybe Lucas Haversick, who made a, a 50 plus yard field goal along the way. I thought that uh, that was interesting because other than that. Uh, Aaron Donald had a pretty good game, but Aaron Donald always has a pretty good game. It, it was uh, it was pretty slim pickings when it came to finding silver linings in that game on Sunday. Yeah, I was going to do that XFL thing where they would go throw the ball and you have to like tackle the ball to get it. Remember back in the day? Oh, instead of the kickoff or the coin kickoff. Roster. Yeah, look, the XFL was great. Was Bring awesome, back man. He Hate Me. That exactly. guy was awesome. he hate, oh, that's a classic. That's on eBay. That goes for a lot of money. <laughs> that he Hate Me jersey is fire, man. It's tough to get your hands on. But uh, yeah, another winner. Got to give Michael Hoyt some credit. At a 72 yeah. and a half PFF grade, solid performance for the third straight week, tied the team lead with two pressures. After the first couple of weeks where he was really getting flamed on for his inability to cover receivers and running backs, and this, of course, he's a massive guy. He's really starting to turn it on. You're starting to see him get more pressure, get more comfortable there. Really been impressed with the last couple of weeks of Michael Hoyt. 
Yeah, I, I have too. It feel it feels like he's started to turn the corner. It feels like he's becoming more effective at that outside linebacker position. That he's able to get to the quarterback a little bit more effectively. And I don't. I'm really not trying to throw cold water on his performance on Sunday because he he was good. The Packers' offense is dreadful. Like I I, I really don't think that we can overstate how bad the Packers were. And I think that's why the Rams playing the way that they did felt so uh, you know disheartening is because this, look, if the Eagles kill you, if the Cowboys kill you, if the 49ers kill you, you kind of say, all right, look, we're not on that. The Packers are a bad NFL football team, and they were never in any way, shape, or form going to win that game, the Rams. And, and I think that's why when you look, other than Aaron Donald, I'm taking all of those defensive performances with a grain of salt just because Green Bay's offense is one of the worst in the league. Definitely one of the worst in the league. I thought it was funny to see Packer fans out there trying to defend their defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, and use this as an excuse of why he's oh, good at his job. I'm like, bro, you want to give him an extension for stopping the Brett Rippin-led <laughs> Los Angeles Rams? Just stop it. I was just laughing at that. But, yeah, yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. I mean, this defense, give him credit. They played the guys there in front. They were professional NFL players. And I just think a lot of guys are talking about Aaron Donald. He's also a winner. We talked about him yesterday. Yeah, this, I was so impressed. I mean, you saw that sack he had split that double team chase down Jordan love got him by his heels right there still has at this stage also want to shine a light on a uh, Quentin Lake we haven't talked about a lot yeah. this season targeted twice gave two catches only total eight yards but he was their primary slot defender on Sunday Akella Witherspoon I thought had a much better afternoon was only get one catch on two targets 17 yards but the biggest winner for me on defense had to be Byron Young. Byron Young yeah. is truly emerging. I think he's right up there with Puka Nakua and Steve Avila for the best, most impactful rookies. He tied for the team lead with 10 tackles, had two sacks, had a TFL, two pressures. Each went for those sacks. He also forced one fumble. Byron Young is an absolute animal. He's another feather and less needs cap for the draft. And yeah, could not be more impressed with him this season. Here's why I think Byron Young may be the, the best story of this season. Think of Byron Young from where he was in week one to where we are through the first nine weeks of the season. He's noticeably better. He gets better from week to week to week. He has an impact in a game that's more noticeable week to week. He was better in week four than he was in week one. He was better in week nine than he was in week four. Can you say the same thing about Puka Nakua? No. Right? Puka Nakua had his best games early and has faded since then. And, and not that he was going to get 150 yards a game. I understand that's unrealistic, but he hit early and has started to kind of go in the opposite direction. I think the same thing can be said of Steve Avila. Avila has been good, but the clunkers have come more towards the middle of the season. We can talk about rookie wall. We can talk about this other stuff, but his graph, if we're just looking at a, at a stock, is going down, right? And, and it's not low, but it's not as high as it was a couple of weeks ago. Byron Young's graph is headed straight up, right? He's getting better and better week to week, which I think is really exciting. And if you look at Puka, if you look at Avila, if you look at Byron Young, if you look at Kobe Turner, who I thought had a really good day uh, on Sunday as well, you're starting to see the, the fruit of last year's draft. And this was what this season was for, more or less. If they found a way to the playoffs, wonderful. And they'll go play a playoff game and they'll see what happens. But if nothing else, they found a handful of starters, at least in a draft where you didn't have a first-round draft pick. You only had one second-round draft pick. And it looks like you found three or four starters at least, including Byron Young, who does the thing that might be the second most valuable thing in football, which is go get the quarterback. It's a pretty darn good draft. 
Exactly, Travis. I love that point that you bring that up as far as the improvement this year. Because early in the year, you saw the flashes, sure. but not a lot of technique. He looks so raw, just kind of using that bull rush. Now you're starting to, to see really the technique improve, the instincts improve, the athleticism and strength has always been there. And you talk about that edge position, most important position in football, other than left tackle in the quarterback position, the premium position in the sport right now. Yes, it's tough to learn guard. Yes, it's tough to be a wide receiver. Yes, it's tough to be a long snapper in the NFL. It's all difficult, but to be an edge and a rookie to have an impact like he has, you don't see that very often in the NFL. And you talk about where he's come from, worked at the Dollar General, also worked at Burger King. He was flipping burgers at Burger King before he made it big. I don't know if he can get Brett Rippin a job at Burger King. <laughs> good word for him. I'm not sure about that. But yeah, I mean, it's been really, really impressive to see the growth of Byron Young this season. Can I just throw this in there? And this is not a uh, an endorser of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is just Travis speaking. That long fried chicken sandwich with the mozzarella cheese and marinara sauce at Burger King. Don't sleep on that thing. That's a that is a sneaky good fast food item. Just just put it out there. Sneaky glue. And they had that club. Those long sandwiches at Burger King in general have just been flying under the radar for years. I don't know why. They need to have that day where they gave up the free fries. I'm just saying. But yeah, coming up, we got some losers. We're gonna get into some horns down, some more thoughts on the Rams moving forward. That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. All right, score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, new customers will get a $150 bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. You heard me right. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, now is the time to do it. There is no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. Go to your app store, Google Play, put it right on your phone, and you are off and running. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So you can just say, okay, I'm going to take my team and the points. You can go look at some guys. Maybe you're thinking Puka's going to have a big day. Maybe you think that uh, Cooper Cup's going to have another slow day. You can find all of this at FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's L-O-C-K-E-D. FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, Travis, here in our third segment, we're going to dive into some of these losers, horns down. First one I'm starting with is I'm going to combine these two, Joe Nopum and Alaric Jackson. Really the left side of the line. They struggled mightily against the Packers. Nopum allowed three pressures at right tackle. Jackson gave up one and then the two worst run blocking grades of the game 37.1 for no boom 37.8 for Jackson those two really really struggle on the line on Sunday look th this is the big fear coming into this season and I think that we got uh, spoiled is the wrong word but maybe a little comfortable after the first few games of the season because it looked like the offensive line was NFL average, right? Which for where they were starting, I think was a pretty pleasant surprise that you had a lot of questions about this group coming into the season. We know that last year went sideways because the offensive line was so depleted with injuries and just a, a lack of talent across the board. Well, you're starting to see a little bit of that bleed right now, right? Rob Havenstein is your most reliable offensive lineman. He's missed the last two weeks, which means Joe Nopum, who couldn't even hold on to his own position at left tackle, gets slid over to right tackle to kind 
kind of be that swing guy right there. Alark Jackson, who got off to a pretty good start, has started to deteriorate a little bit. Avila, who we talked about last segment, I think is 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 just kind of going in the wrong direction. Nothing crazy, but it's just he doesn't feel like that rock that he did a few weeks ago. So that offensive line just kind of across the board, and especially when you're dealing with a quarterback like Matthew Stafford, who's not particularly mobile, you're dealing with some running backs who are just going to kind of come straight ahead and hope to pop one here and there. And now you're dealing with a Brett Rippon who needs as much time as humanly possible. All of these factors are conspiring for them to really kind of hit a wall at this point in the season. They need to get better. If Matthew Stafford's going to come back, they're going to have to find a way to protect him. And if Matthew Stafford doesn't come back, they're going to have to find a way to run the ball because Brett Rippon is not going to be able to light it up through the air. They've got a lot on their plate and we'll see whether or not they're up for it. But in the last couple of weeks, it sure hasn't felt like it. Yeah. The performance of the offensive line is one of the most essential parts of this team having any chance for the remainder of this season. Yeah. They have not played well of late. Not having Robin Heaven, Rod having Rob Havenstein has been bad for this team. They really struggle without him out there. And that's why I'm a little concerned about bringing Stafford back behind these cardboard cutouts. If they're going to, by the way, I want to say Dotson though. He's been one of the best in the league. Yes. He's been fantastic. You're right about Avila, maybe a little bit of a rookie wall there and still learning on the fly. So I think that uh, he's going to improve. I'm still high on him. Now, next one, Tyler Higby, 47.1 PFF grade. He dropped his only target of the game on Sunday. I don't know if you saw that uh, video that kind of went a little viral where he missed that wham block. It went a yeah, little swing and miss. A little, bit of, a little bit of a blooper there. Yeah. But, yeah, he's really had a down year. He's been dealing with an injury that has limited the use of his right hand, his thumb, and dealing with some stuff. But, yeah, hasn't been a good year for Tyler Higby. Look, I, I, Tyler Higby's been a pretty good player for the Rams since he came in a few years ago, and and he's done a lot, and he's a tough guy, and and, and I don't want to cover for him too much by because he has not played well this season. He really has not been a factor in their offense in any meaningful way at any point this year. He's got to be hurt, Dmac. You it, listening to Sean McVay in the post game? You know, somebody asked him about Higby and. He did a thing that you almost never hear a coach do, and it was one of these, hey, man, he, he's given us everything he can. He's so banged up that anything we get is is gravy. Uh, I'm paraphrasing McVeigh there, but it was kind of like, hey, listen, we don't have a better option. He's hurt. He shouldn't even be out there, and he's given us something because that's the kind of guy that he is. He's been bad, and there's no there's no spinning it, but I think that hand injury is probably a little bit more significant than they're letting on because this is – look, he's not Travis Kelsey or George Kittle. I understand that, but he's been a pretty darn good NFL tight end over the last few years, and, and this entire season through the first you know nine weeks of the year – He's been nowhere. He just he's been dropping passes. He's been missing blocks, like you pointed out. And I can't imagine it's just that he forgot how to play football. It's got to be that he's banged up to a degree where he can barely do anything. I agree. And I always hate to be the guy that makes excuses for players. It's really not an excuse. So it's more of an explanation. Right. I went back yesterday because I have no life and watched a little bit of that Seahawks game from game one and week one. He was a different player. You saw him making catches over the middle. You saw the fire and passion after catches that yeah. you love from a, Tyler, uh, from a Higby. And I think Tyler Higby is someone that has definitely been gutting his way through injuries. If that's the case, though, I do want to see Davis Allen get some opportunities. It was impressive during the preseason. I do think he's the tight end of the future, even Bryson Hopkins. And then the final one, Hendo and Royce did have the best game. 1.9 yards per carry for Henderson. Freeman, 2.7 yards. I think he had this loaded box. We talked a little bit about this one yesterday. I will give a little update on Kai Williams, who looks to be, he's going to be back in that Cardinals game. So he's still a ways away, but uh, yeah, not a good performance from those two. 
I, I think they're, they're the perfect examples of of what I want to talk about here. It's just, and this goes to Higby, and this goes to Joe Noteboom, and this goes to all the guys that we've talked about in this segment. The the Rams' talent level is not high enough, right? To where if you have to go to one of those secondary guys, you still have a fighter's chance. That we're looking that that Tyler Higby is still out there, and that they haven't used those other guys. I think tells you what those other guys are, right? And and it because look, no, we you and I watch these games pretty carefully. Rams fans watch these games pretty carefully, but I don't even think the most you know diehard Rams fan thinks that they know Sean McVay's personnel better than Sean McVay does. And if Sean McVay is not using these other guys, and if Sean McVay has Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman taking important, it just kind of tells you where they are talent wise, right? That this this is not a they got to get more or these guys have played. This is just kind of who these guys are in the NFL rank and file. They're just not quite good enough. Now, if they nail it, if they give, if they turn in that test that's an A plus, sure they can win. It's their NFL caliber players. But if they're just kind of giving you their average performance, which is what most people are going to give you most weeks, it's just not good enough. They're just short on talent across the board. Yeah, honestly, sometimes as simple as that. Lots of jags on this team, if you will. But the reality is these guys are all talented at the NFL level. They're all professionals, but still, a lot of these guys on the Rams, they probably wouldn't be on other NFL rosters. I would say a vast majority of NFL rosters for some of these players. And I think that's something you have to consider. But yeah, all in all, Still going to be fighting for this season. They're not going to be sitting. They got nine games opinion. to play, right? They, that- they've got nine games to play. These are the guys that they have. The trade deadline is gone. We don't have another draft coming until the spring. These are the guys you're going to play nine more games with. Now, Stafford can cover a lot of warts. I don't know if he can cover them all. I, I don't know what the back half of the season looks like. If Matthew Stafford is there, there, there's always the, hey, look, if he's great, we got a chance. That's true. If he's not there, I think we all know exactly what's going to happen. If he's there, it's just a matter of how many more games you win. Is it two more? Is it five more? I We'll see, but it's going to be on the right arm in number nine. He's the, he's the X factor here, and uh, he's the only one, really. Yeah, on tomorrow's show, we're going to take a deep dive on the future of the quarterback position for this team. You won't want to miss that, but that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And as always, you can follow the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers, at Travis Rogers. And until next time, whose house is Locked on Rams house?